well, not quite as long of a waiting period between podcasts, but still longer than I want. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the full coverage of the four major franchises of one major market. And that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover ASU football and ASU basketball to go along with it. And it's all presented by the unofficial presenting sponsor of Muyah Billings. Yep, not not quite as long. Um, many of you, a Wednesday edition of Big Sky Sports Talk. Um, a couple of you that... Night Owls, it'll be a Tuesday, but uh, um, from recording on a Thursday and dropping the episode on a Thursday to recording and dropping on a Tuesday is not that bad of a a turnover, a turnaround, if you will. Not a turnover, a turnaround. Um, but... I would like to still be more consistent, and when work is busy, it's it's of course very difficult. But uh, I I hope you guys have uh, been all right, been doing well, um, and it's good to hear from some of you as as you can. Um, and I uh, I'm looking forward to um, more. Uh, uh, days ahead as uh, hopefully things will get a little bit lighter for work and therefore I can be more consistent. We're hiring some some guys and one of them was in, in today and getting the hang of things already so that's good um, and uh, we got to get some more bodies and, and then everything will be alright so that, that'll be good. Um, that, that's kind of what the new, new thing going on in my life, just, you know, work and then of course, um, getting, get some guys trained up. So that way, uh, the, uh, task at work is, is, uh, lightened. The load is lightened, if you will. Um, uh, I, something I'm really excited about that's not podcast related but more so church and personal life related is the um the series that um my church is doing right now and some some of you guys actually might be interested in, in, in at least listening to it because it's i've been around church for a while and um it what we're doing is, uh, I would say not um, unheard of, but it was. It's very, very unique. And most most of the series and messages we do, I feel like, are unique. But this one more so is. Um, we are something that the church has been doing for a while. Well, before I even got there, is walking through the Bible. Um, from Genesis to Revelation, almost, you know, chapter by chapter, story by story. And it's been like two and a half years. They have taken some breaks on a couple of different things around Christmas and Easter and other uh, different important time of the year and 
maybe as the Lord leads, you know, do uh, do some one-offs and, you know, uh, and whatnot, whatever, the, you know, maybe it's not uh, appropriate to continue this, this series and you just want to do what the Lord asks and, um, and he, maybe he's changing your direction. So we've done that uh, quite a few times and, and so that's part of the reason why it's uh, been a little bit, but uh, just this past Sunday was week one of the New Testament and uh, a series entitled The Messiah and obviously about uh, Jesus. But what makes it so unique is that um, because the Gospels of, of Christ uh, um, are the Gospels of Christ, the Gospels are the story of Christ, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, it, you know, it's a lot of, some of the same content. So what they're, what we're doing is, um, going through, um, the story of Jesus chronologically and simultaneously through all four gospels, obviously, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, being what's called synoptic gospels, um, have a lot of the same content and, and John does too, but he kind of takes it from a different angle. And, and some of the content shared on Sunday was st- a lot of the stuff that I already knew and, and understood, but there were some things I didn't, but it's, it's, it's the order that they're doing it in is really, really cool. Just kind of doing all four simultaneously is going to be pretty interesting, especially um, next week and then later, you know, you talk about the birth of Christ, usually around Christmas time, but I'm excited to see what, what happens and what is, is different. But one of the factoids that was shared was that there are um, over 6,000 manuscripts, historical documents about the life of Christ that... Uh, um have have been made um uh, only 1% uh have have seen errors between you know 6000 and and most of it is spelling and grammatical errors um but though that number is leading all other historical documents by thousands so there's 6000 of them and the next closest is, I don't know, I'm not sure what it is, but it's like a thousand plus, uh, less than the six thousand um, documents that that prove Jesus was and is who he said he was. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so it was just really, really good. I had a good. Uh, good word, good worship time, and and church was really good. So, um, but if you guys ever want to, you know, jump in and just kind of see what's going on, maybe it might be something that interests you. Like I said, it's it's some of it and a lot of it. If you've been in church a while, you've heard before. But just the the way they're going about it is really cool. And and someone like myself that has been around for, excuse me, for a while has uh i've not ever heard it like this before so i'm I'm really really excited about it that's kind of like the highlight of my weekend and something i've been thinking about over the last uh a couple of days and uh 
Um, that's that's what what we're going through. Um, other than that, I think that that's that's about it. Work, you know, work as usual. Um, been able to get off at decent hours the last couple of days. Didn't do show last night because of the suns last night, which we'll get into. Um, but uh, other than that, I think that's it. Uh, we'll go over sound credits. Uh, majority of what I have is Arizona Sports YouTube page. Um, I do have Suns uh, YouTube page. Um, gives us um, uh, Frank Vogel after uh, last night's game. And then um, uh, kind of a locker room media availability after last night's game as well. Um, I have an interview that uh, Arizona Sports did with Amari Stoudemire that I'll play near the end of uh, of the show. And then I have um, Bleacher Report gives us inside uh, via Inside the NBA or Inside the NBA via Bleacher Report gives us something I'm going to play from Luka Doncic. Um, and then... I believe that's it. So most of it, like I said, is Arizona Sports uh, YouTube page, uh, Phoenix Suns YouTube page, and Bleacher Report um, is uh, where everything's coming from. Uh, and it's going to be another uh, Suns show, um, and mainly because uh, the Coyotes, they are on, a, um, on the, an all-star break. So... I was just kind of, and ASU is stinking up the joint, and I don't really have much sound from them anyway. So it's just another another Suns day. We'll we'll go ahead and uh, get into all of that. And uh, up next on Big Sky Sports Talk, unofficially presented by Muya Billings. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the cheddar bacon barbecue burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good... I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. When we last left you, it was a conversation uh, about the Suns and, and getting the win over Dallas and Luca getting frustrated with a fan um, later in the uh, game in the second half, by the way, and uh, was said he was frustrated with him um, from, uh, from the start, but um, as we can assume because the Mavericks were winning, he didn't do anything about it. As soon as the 
Mavericks were losing, he he did, and it just shows how soft Luca is. Um, so before we'll uh, get into actual um, basketball, as far as the last couple of games, um, want to kind of continue that story. Uh, this was from a couple of uh, days ago. Um, the ejected fan uh, was able to share his side of the story um, via Arizona Sports YouTube page. Uh, they were on. Uh, he was on with uh, with uh, one of the shows. I'm not. I can't remember exactly which one. But here's the fan sharing his story as we continue the. Luka Doncic uh, versus Suns fan saga. Why did you ask for the fan to be ejected? You- because he was cursing me the whole first half, too. Why didn't you ask for him to be ejected in the first half, then? Because I never would eject a fan. They pay for tickets, but I had enough, you know. It's a little bit of frustration. <laughs> Luka Doncic on Wednesday night, Suns beat the Mavericks. They broke Luka Doncic, apparently. Uh, he lost his patience with a fan who uh, he requested to have ejected from American Airlines Center in Dallas. And after great lengths, we have tracked down said fan. Uh, his name is Kenneth Rowe, and he joins us right now here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Kenneth, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course, guys. Thank you. I uh, I appreciate you giving me the platform, and I've uh, – been digesting the last 36 hours if uh it's definitely i definitely haven't been bored at all no so still all these hours later kenneth we we've heard luca's story and his story has changed and he went on tnt last night and he kind of said eh, maybe i shouldn't have done that i want to hear your side of the story you were you were riding him pretty good according to the reports you don't you don't refute that do you i mean no i mean it's you know it was most of the time it was a kind of just innocuous, uh, like, run-of-the-mill trash talk, you know, like, you know, just – and nothing that, you know, is just like an average NBA game, you know. I'm sure any professional athlete, it's, you know, getting heckled by fans. It kind of comes with the territory. And, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a – you know, there's some history there with the Mavs and the Suns, and especially Luka Doncic. So, yeah, I mean, he probably gets – deserves a little – I guess with the context, he gets a little special treatment, I guess, from the fans. Yeah. But yeah, it was it wasn't really anything out of the ordinary. I mean, we all saw the quote that went viral, and uh, that was kind of the, in terms of, you know, just jabs and jabs I took at him. That was probably the worst one. And that you know, and that one to worst. refresh people's memory, that was the "You're tired, get your ass on the treadmill." Is that accurate, Kenneth? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty much good. That's what I said. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Kenneth. That's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> now, let, let me let's let me be very clear on this though. When Lucas says he had been cursing at me all half, is that accurate? No. I oh. mean, in terms of was I going like you know? Yeah. Uh, like f you, you know, whatever. Yes. That, you know, yeah, it like, wasn't were, anything like that. Right. Were you were you any were you in any way out of line? in your heckling, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, again, that okay. quote that went viral, that was really the one one thing I really said directed at Luca the whole game, to be honest. Okay, so that, so so then 
So that that line about the treadmill, obviously, <laughs> that, that obviously, it struck a nerve. That's I that's yeah, you know, obviously, that hit close to home, and then he gestures, and and then what happened? Because we see Luca gesture, and then we do see some cell phone video of you just kind of walking up the stands. What fill in the gaps of exactly what happened? Yeah, once Luca kind of gestured over to you. Sure. So. Again, I said what I said, and it was around, like, it was, like, two minutes left in the third quarter. And then, uh, you know, I was just, just watching the game. They called theirs. I don't know if it's a TV timeout or if the Mavs called a timeout, like, very soon after. But, you know, during the break, I was just on my phone. And I, I kind of I look up, and I kind of – there's kind of this buzz, like, around the section. Like, people are, like, like there's something going on. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? Like, I don't think anyone really had any idea what was going on. But I look up from my phone, and, I mean, I like, Luke is staring at me. Like, point, I don't know who he's with. He might have been with, like, security or someone with the team or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I was just, you know, I was just kind of a deer in the headlights. But I, I look up, and Luke is, I'm, he's staring at me, and I'm staring at him, like, pointing at me as in, like, yeah, that's the guy. And then, uh you know, in those seats, there's an usher right there, like right next to me. And she was like, hey, you know, kind of essentially giving me a warning, like, let's tone it down, keep it down, please. And, you know, gave me a warning. And I was like, okay, I mean, sure, I don't want to get kicked out of the game. It's been a great game. The Suns are up by 20-something points. We're beating the Mavs on their home court. Like, you know, I'm loving it. And then right when the third quarter ends, like I think it was Josh Green or something hit that buzzer beater three to end that third quarter, right when the buzzer hit. I, uh, my seat was, I, I was right by, I want to say it was a player tunnel. I'm not hundred percent sure it was, it was something, but, um, there's an usher also in that area right next to me. And, uh, this, this was a different person. And he said, Hey, you're going to have to leave, sir. You're gonna have to leave your seat. Uh, you have to go up on the concourse. We can't have you sitting here for the rest of the game. And so, I mean, I was just a little confused because I went from this lady, an, an usher giving me just, you know, a warning, like, Hey, Keep it down. We don't need that, you know, whatever, so you, whatever. So, so and Kenneth, I said, I'm like, hey, I don't want to get kicked out. So you said after you got the warning, you said nothing else, and it went from the warning, you say nothing, and then you ultimately got kicked out? Yes. I Yeah. I mean, again, I wasn't – I was complying, like, hey, I don't want to get kicked out. Like, oh, you know, just give that's... me a warning. I don't want to be a hooligan, you know, or someone <laughs> that's just running his mouth. But – and then – I know I walk up to the concourse and there's a couple gentlemen there waiting for me. And they were, you know, I had a beer in my hand. They're like, you know, they told me to throw away the beer. You know, they they said, your night's over, you know, you're done. And they escorted me out of the arena. Wow. And then I'm, I'm outside of the arena, like standing on. So, you know, you go out of American airlines, you know, you go out the door and then there's just a, you know, a public street, you know, people walk in. So I was just standing out there. Because I had three of my friends still at their seats, still going, like, what in the world is going on? Our friend is not here anymore. And uh, I was just calling them, trying to let them know, you know, hey, like, when do you guys want to get out of here? Because, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I can't get in. I'm, I'm out of there. And then another, I, I assume someone for a gentleman, I assume working for the venue, American Airlines Center, he pokes his head out of the door to me outside and he says, sir, you're going to have to exit the property. Wow. Jeez. Like, wow. I, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, a guy, he poked his head out. Uh, on, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting on the street. And, 
you know, just calling my friends. And, you know, he's like, sir, you're going to have to exit the premises. And I'm like. <laughs> just leaving the arena. Was just, the arena was wasn't like, good what? enough. Yeah. You had to leave the. We're going to need you to leave the, the county city. lines. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking no, with- I, I guess because, I mean, I, I was on like, it's a public street. I mean, I, I ended up just, um, it, was, it kind of worked out because there was a restaurant. I just walked across the street and, you know, there's a restaurant that was uh, playing the rest of the game. So I watched it from a window, watched the rest of the game until uh, my friends eventually left. Wow. But, I mean, yeah, that's a, it's kind of weird because it went from the lady giving me the warning during the timeout, I'm like, okay. And then, you know, there's only like a minute and a half left in the third quarter. That that time elapses. And then right when the third quarter ends, I get asked to leave my seat. And then it turns into, you know, being on the concourse and then having people telling me, sir, you have to leave the That's arena. Crazy. And then it turns into, sir, we can't even have you near the arena. You know, you have to, you please have to, please exit the premises. So it just, it was like a whole, That's you know, it, it just turned into, it kind of just was a snowball effect. It just kind of turned into a bigger and bigger ordeal. Kenneth so, Rowe. You know, that's my, that's, that's me. That's what happened with me. Yeah. Kenneth Rowe, uh, Suns fan who was kicked out of the game uh, at the behest of Luca Doncic is our guest here on Arizona sports. I got to ask you this to follow up to it. It came up after the game in the Suns media availability. Devin Booker was asked about it and Devin Booker in his past has gone out of his way to uh, do something nice for Suns fans who represent on the road. He said, I hope he didn't cross too many lines, but if you got his information, I'd love to have it. It sounds like you didn't cross too many lines, Kenneth. Has there been any contact from the Suns or from Devin Booker individually? You know what? I've uh, I got a DM from the Suns last night, and uh, let's just say you you might see my mug at a game here pretty soon <laughs> before the All Star break. And uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, D book. I mean, if he's listening or if he hears this, I mean, that's my guy. I, uh, you know, been a been a fan through those. He was a rookie during those dark ages. You know, when we were just you know consistent lottery team, and just seeing him to go from, you know, he was he wasn't a top five pick. He was a third. I think he was like thirteen. Yeah, he yeah. was a guy that didn't even start on his own college team, and now you know, seeing him turn into a legit superstar. You know, that's. That's why, you know, you root for teams and you also root for players, for guys like him. So I haven't gotten contact from D-Book, but, you know, you know, all love to him. Yeah. Real real quick, Kenneth, real quick. Did you see Luca on TNT last night? And do you accept his quote unquote apology? Do you accept his apology? I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to start a, (laughs) I'm not going to start some beef with uh, Luca. You know, I, I get it. You know, he was. You know, we've all played sports, and I'm sure he said a lot of it was frustration. I'm sure it was. You know, losing sucks, and I know he's a professional athlete. He hates to lose, especially in the fashion in which he was that night. And at that moment, I may have I may have poked a bear there, and, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it was just some frustration. So, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, I think I got my money's worth uh, during the game from, you know, the portion of the game that I saw, so – uh, I don't think I'm not going to ask for a refund or anything petty like that. Uh, so well, Kenneth, I accept uh, his apology, and uh, I get it, Luca. You're, the, you're, you're off the hook. Kenneth, you're the bigger man. If you if you end up somewhat courtside at Footprint Center, we need you to start working on your insults for either Jokic or James Harden. <laughs> or, <laughs> Anyone on the Lakers? No, yeah, anybody LeBron. on the Lakers? Yeah, I mean. No, well, hey, home home court advantage. You know, whatever I can do, yeah. if I can be a if I can be a uh, tangible 
asset that helped us win. <laughs> the, and, hey. The, hey, listen, the treadmill comment's going to be tough yeah, to top, but uh, you, you got some time to work on your Ken, stuff. Kenneth, keep us updated, too, via social media on, on what game you're going to be at, at at Footprint Center. We'd love to uh, love to meet you, and uh, thanks for sharing your story. And you won't elevate the beef, but we will. Luca is soft, <laughs> and as Lil Wayne says, Luca a hoe. Kenneth, thanks for <laughs> representing in Big D. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, man. It's Kenneth Rowe. Uh, kicked out of the... Wow! That guy, it el- escalated three different times. Leave the property. Also, <laughs> gave them a warning and then changed their mind 15 minutes later and said, no, no, you got to go. Yeah. So who changed their mind? Arena Security? Yeah. Luca? I want to see what... hurt Mavs people? I want to see what Book does next. Cuban? <laughs> Not even the owner anymore. Yeah, R- not even. He still has those Mark Aguirre. <laughs> Brad Davis. Roy, Roy Tarplay. Tarplay. <laughs> oh, man. So it sounds like, and, and, and I, I'm never going to be one for, like, being belligerent. I, I can't stand it. When I went to the um, playoff games in New Orleans and everybody's, you know, F.J. Crowder, F.J. Crowder. Yep, that was a thing. You heard it. If I was at the game, and you guys probably heard it on the television, and you know that that was coming through, you know Kevin Harlan's mic. They turned off the the crowd mics long, long ago in those games because you know they don't want families and kids, you know, that watching hearing explicit content like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it sounds to me <laughs> and I, I, I don't want the sons to be painted in this way organization. Hey, you stick up for us, you know, uh, we reward you with, uh, you know, some publicity, uh, you know, but this it's two for two, you know, you have the, you know, sons and four guy that, you know, I definitely don't condone, but it was f- most certainly funny, you know, punching uh, a, a Denver fan that, that really got into his grill first. Um, you know, the, he, him and his buddy started punching Sons and Four Guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, and Sons and Four Guy was way stronger. <laughs> he had the high ground. He had the high ground, actually. Uh, a a one, one or two rows up. Um, and beat the crap out of those uh, um, Denver fans. And then he was, you know, uh, given a, a, a ticket to uh, a game later. Um, and now uh, this gentleman, Kenneth Rowe, uh, looks like he'll be probably I, maybe at the, I would assume at the Bucks game. He didn't say, he didn't disclose which game. It is kind of cool that, you know, the Suggins organization, you know, you know, want their fans there, <laughs> but I just don't want them to be painted as a picture that, that of an organization. I guess there are, it's might might be too late when they're two for two. Um, but, uh, maybe, you know, maybe next time I'm at a game and hopefully I'm close and, you know, I, I start rib- ribbing, a uh, a player, you know, I'll, I'll get to go to a game. I guess that's the key. I don't know. Um, and you know, neither, are really out of out of line per se. Uh, both stories not out of line. I mean, the Sons and Four guy was defending himself. You watch the video. the 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 two Denver fans attacked him first, 
and he just, you know, sons of four guys like, you know, I'm I'm gonna start, you know, punching you back. Uh so it uh it happens. Well, obviously they alluded to the apology. I have the apology, and this is for uh ver, uh via Bleacher Report. Luca was joined the inside the NBA crew. Um uh Kenny, um Shaq, Chuck, and and Ernie. I, he was on there talking about, you know, uh, making a uh, um, all-star appearance. But uh, Ernie, you know, he decided to go ahead and ask about the situation. I got to ask, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this, because when you get online today, mm-hmm. you're all over the place for this, whatever happened in Dallas last night with the Phoenix Suns fan who you'd wanted out of there. What was what was the deal there, Luca? Yeah, I mean, it was the whole game, you know, a little bit, but uh, I was really frustrated, you know, we were losing. I twisted my ankle in the second half, so in the first half, it was just a lot of emotions. Uh, but yeah, uh, probably shouldn't have done that. So when I'm wrong, I admit it, so probably shouldn't have done that. But it was just the whole game going on. And you want me to show you what to do when somebody get on your nerves? <laughs> I was going to ask Chuck. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, don't hurt this man. He's got the All-Star got game to play. He got a bad hip. We got a game. We got to beat the Hawks. I was going to ask him what to do. Yeah. Hey, uh, you're a new dad, correct? Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank, you, thank you. So how's that going for you? Great. Yeah. What's, the, what's the name? Gabriela. Gabriela? How old? Yeah. Two months. He's going to be Ooh. two months. How, how's, your di- how, how's your diaper changing game? Oh, he's great. Uh, though I would like to hear about Luca becoming a dad, we have a couple minutes longer than, than I, uh, uh, want to uh, really, uh, get into, but you know, there, there's his apology. You know, he said he apologized and he is looking back on it. He said he shouldn't have done that. Um, but I, I like how he adds again, yet again, he said, I had enough of it. I, you know, I hurt and you know, just, you know, I, I twisted my ankle. I had my ankle twisted and it brings up the ankle, you know, in both times at the press conference, uh, and then just now. And to me, it just shows a little bit more just how soft Luca is in, in my opinion. Sorry, you know, um, young, young kids of Luca, your dad is soft. Just, just want to let you know. Um, that uh, um, that he's soft, but uh, let's go ahead and and jump um over to the next couple of games. We'll talk about very briefly, um, and that is uh, Suns. Unfortunately, after the after the Mavs, uh, they they would go ahead and and they could not extend their winning streak. Uh, past seven games, they they did lose uh, two in a row. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, they lose to the uh, Indiana Pacers, and then they lose to the Magic. Um, and in in not bad teams, but you know it just kind of kind of stinks. Um, and have have some some fourth quarter woes, if you will. Um, my, uh, page is not loading up like I want it to, but, um, yeah. So after 132-109 against the Mavs, they, they lose a close one, 
and a high scoring affair uh, to the Pacers. 133. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. 133 to 131. Um, Suns score 80 in the first half. Um, they won um, first quarter 40 to 31, and uh, the second quarter 40 to 39. Um, lost the third quarter by a point, but just fall apart in the fourth again, 28 to 17. Um, Booker scores 62 points in in a loss. He was uh, 22 of 37, uh, 12 of 13 at the line. Pascal Siakam was a problem with 31 points, 14 of 22 from the field, and um, one of three at the line. Um, it was uh, it stinks when you um, have 62 points. And uh, and lose the way you do. It just it just was was not uh, not not good at all. Um, trying to get this to to load, but the uh, fourth quarter, like I said, was was a, an issue. Um, while I'm waiting for some of this to load the way I want it to, um, let's go ahead. And and just kind of get into uh, said uh, fourth quarter. Some of the said fourth quarter woes. Um, where are we at? I think all these. Okay, yeah, we'll go ahead. Um, and get into it. This might be. Um, in or um well indiana was on uh su sunday no yes on sunday and then um uh, orlando was on monday both back-to-back -back losses the orlando loss was the first game of a back-to-back -back. and uh since we're talking about the fourth quarter well let's just go ahead and and let uh let this go while while i'm trying to get my notes together i do apologize Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. Devin Booker is in the midst of a rampage. He scored 152 points in three games. That's over 50 a game, and that is the kind of heater that should rocket a man up the list of all-star balloting, except the Suns have only won one of those games. And in the case of Booker, it provides idiotic fodder for critics who like to claim that his scoring is superficial, like artificial, artificial sweetener, and that he's not a winning player we all know that's nonsense but just what they just when this team seemed to be gaining elevation the Suns are now back under a microscope they have three offensive superstars but have scored only 30 points in the fourth quarter of the past two games combined a couple of losses that are like recurring warts on the back of your hand the turnover issues giving up offensive rebounds struggling to get free throw attempts and struggling to make the ones 
wins they do get, but more to the point are the end game performances, an issue we had hoped that had evaporated with a pair of magical comebacks against the Kings and the Bulls. Instead, we've got a basketball team that still seems to have some blind spots and some huge gaps in the program, the kind that can be only covered up with transcendent performances. And once again, our basketball team has regressed, apparently stuck on a troubling premise. Namely, hero ball can be a lot of fun to watch, but it's hard to sustain. And these days, it's really no way to win a championship. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to, you by, brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Just in a, in a zone, um, just trying to hoop, trying to win. That was Devin Booker. He was uh, pretty short with his answers, which usually indicates a He's kind of frustrated yeah. basketball player. He was in the zone. Uh, 44 points on the heels of a 62-point night uh, on Friday. And he's got two losses to show for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, this has not been a Devin Booker problem by any stretch of the imagination. You hit on some of those things that have been problems. And let's go back to Friday night in Indianapolis. One of the big refrains from Suns fans was, and it was an issue, there's no doubt about it, the lack of whistles that Booker and everybody got in the fourth quarter. They, Indiana did not have a team foul in the fourth quarter. That means zero free throws in the mm -hmm. fourth quarter. That mm -hmm. can bog down your offense, especially when you're trying to protect the lead. Mm -hmm. Last night, it wasn't much better. Orlando, again, cranked up the physicality, used their size, mm -hmm. frustrated the Suns, kind of uh, coerced them into some things they didn't want to do, but did it by committing two fouls. Yeah. Devin Booker shot two free throws in the fourth quarter. That was it for the yes. entire Suns team. Yes. So 30 points in the last two combined fourth quarters, and only two of those points coming from the free throw line. Yeah. Now, listen, you know how I feel about this. Um, we, I, I cannot stand the hyper-focusing on NBA officiating. It To me, it turns a great sport into grievance ball, and I do not want to listen to grievances all day long during broadcasts while I watch an NBA team. That being said, there are issues, but I, but if you are solution-driven, because, yeah, a, a basketball team should be out the free-throw line in the fourth quarter, and if they're not, then you're in one of those games. But the way out of one of those games is to match the other team's physicality or, better yet, exceed it. Because if the referees are in this state of mind where we're not going to call everything, so we're going to let more than we should, and you as a basketball team, you've got two options. You can get real angry and complain about it, which Frank Vogel has been doing a lot after games, or you can up your physicality and match that and take advantage of that. Use, use the referees to your advantage. There's no other way out of it if you're looking for solutions. If you're looking to, to complain, if you're looking for grievances, have at it. You, yeah. you, you've got a ton of them there for you. Well, but if you're looking for solutions, that's the way out of it. Along those lines, that might be one of the most disappointing things is last week we were talking about in the Chicago game, the Suns getting poked by the Bulls and Andre Drummond kind of, kind of lighting a fire under mm -hmm. the Suns and how they responded. The very next game to open up the road trip in Dallas, you saw the Grant Williams example. Grant Williams was... Uh, on his antics, I think, as as Devin Booker put it, didn't want to play basketball. The Suns responded to that. Um, now, there wasn't – I guess there was the incident on, on Friday night, and, you know, the crowd turned on Devin Booker in Indianapolis after the elbow um, to the to the groin area of Aaron Neesmith that didn't get called. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, I it probably was an offensive foul, honestly. It was a missed call by the officials. 
I thought it was highly embellished by Neesmith. But he used that opportunity to embellish it. They showed the replay. The fans got behind it. It might have changed the course of the game. But, you know, when Bradley Beal, I, I think what Miles Turner did to Bradley Beal, they'll never admit it. It was retaliate, retaliatory in nature. Mm-hmm. He disguised it well. I think there was purpose behind that elbow. I really do. Mm-hmm. And it messed Bradley Beal up, not mm-hmm. only for the rest of that game, and credit to him for coming back. I agree. He is finding himself right now because he's got to deal with breathing issues. And that mask, I, I'm not sure where that mask came from. And I know you have Bob to. Bob Cousy's locker in 1951. <laughs> That's funny. Now that is from. funny. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least it didn't come from Jason from Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. Go back. That was even better. In right. Suns history, there was a player in the 70s named Curtis Perry who broke his nose or broke something in his face. And you can find pictures of Curtis Perry wearing like a Jason Voorhees hockey mask. That's funny. That you might that's have been funny. better off a, with that. That's funny. Because it, it was not working. Yeah, no, listen, it, it's, I don't know if you've ever messed around and tried to wear one. A, a buddy of mine had an issue and he played basketball and he said, dude, try this. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I know it's, yeah, it's probably pretty gross, right? But I tried it in a pickup game. It's impossible. I don't know how NBA players even can it, it, it operate. It's the breathing, the sight, the sweat. It fogs up. Fogs up. It's just, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I've got a lot of respect for Bradley Beal. After I saw that incident on Friday, I thought he's going to be shelled for a while. because that was so. That was a vicious elbow. I was shocked to see him come back yeah. in the game. And, and for him to give it a shot yesterday, um, I'm like, okay, dude's got some toughness. Good to see. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. He uh, talked about the fourth quarter issues last night as well. I mean, I don't take anything away from them. They're a very talented group. I think we kind of shot ourselves in the foot, personally. Uh, I think we... We just didn't have. We, we just lost our energy. We lost our focus in the second half. We just weren't there for whatever reason. You know, we kind of just discombobulated really quick. And they're a really good team. They play hard. Uh, they play aggressively. They defend well. They rebound well. Hell, they had 20 more shots than we did. But uh, I mean, it's just a testament to how hard they play. You know, but they have good size, like you said. I mean, uh, I mean you definitely credit that because they utilized it. They got in paint. They abused it. Killers on the boards. Yeah, that is math that doesn't work out when you're turning the ball over as frequently as the Suns are and you're failing to keep opponents off the offensive glass. You, you get 20 more shots against you, you're mm-hmm. going to lose. You're going to lose. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do. Yeah. Because, again, the Suns shot the ball incredibly well for three quarters last night, and the fourth quarter was terrible. But after the first quarter last night, the Suns lost the next three quarters. They got outscored after the first quarter by 26 points. So, again, it is trying to put something resembling four solid quarters of basketball together, which has been an issue for this team for quite some time. Yeah, and and the only thing troubling about this, now, the the Pacers game, look, I I think that the fourth quarter, when you distill and you get by the officiating woes in that game, the the fourth quarter issues propped up in that game as well. The defensive issues propped up in that game as well. I had really hoped that the team during that winning streak had kind of developed a a sturdier persona, and you remember me raving about them last Mm -hmm. week, that they kind of were getting a little hardcore, kind of getting an other their team's heads and being very resilient and, and being very stoic and I, I I hope that we're not dealing now with with the like you know uh, dealing with illusions that that what we saw w- was were the exceptions and not the norm you've got an interesting game tonight because the heat have been struggling mightily mm-hmm. 
They're trying to get uh, Terry Rozier acclimated mm -hmm. to their team. They've had mm -hmm. some injury problems as well, but what, they lost six in a row. Yeah. Yes. Went into tonight's game. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you've and that's got, with Jimmy Butler back. And yeah. then you've got a couple of winnable games, right? It's the Wizards and then... The Wizards at the tail end, and there's one one other one. There's one other Brooklyn. one. Brooklyn and Atlanta, yeah, and that's then it. Washington. That's it. Okay, okay. So, it, so, it, so there's still a chance to come back from this road trip and go, okay, this was, this was, this was good. Yeah, if this you come a, back five yeah. and two, even with the ugliness that's of these fine. last two, yeah. that's, yeah, you'll... It's you'll still, though, tonight's time. the second half of a back-to-back -back featuring... You know, we already were saying Kevin Durant looked fatigued yesterday. Yeah. He has to play better because you can't get 70 points from Booker. My prediction is uh, Durant scores over 40 tonight. Ooh. Yeah. I don't and, know if it means they win, but. Well, no, you're right. But but this is the, the thing. You talk about the unprecedented unprecedented nature of the Suns having six consecutive games of four, uh, score with 40 or more points. I, I don't see that ending anytime soon. I mean, with the lack of production they get from the bench, I, I would like to see it more evenly spread yeah, out. Same, like 30, how, 25, and twenty-five. That'd be fantastic yeah. because it seems like in this run, especially these last two games, when you got one guy going off, there's a lot of standing and watching going on, mm -hmm. and others lose confidence mm -hmm. or defer too much. And the overpassing. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for watching. They got into a little bit of what I was going to, and, and of course, uh, obviously talking about two games, just like I am. Actually, I'm going to be talking about three, but um, a very uh, physical game. Uh, again, back to where I was, Indiana won 33 to 131 over uh, the Suns, 62 uh, points and a loss. For Devin Booker, very reminiscent of Carl Anthony Towns recently, was like 60 plus or whatever it was. I'm not sure what it was. And they lost. Um, that that is, that is tough to swallow. Um, Kevin Durant, he was th uh, 39 minutes, 9 of 15 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 20 points. Um, Yusuf Nurkic. Um, uh, played twenty minutes. He he uh I, he would end up jamming his thumb or something like that because he didn't play against Orlando, which we'll get to. He only had two points. Uh, Bradley Beal, thirty four minutes, five of thirteen from the field, one of uh five from deep, four rebounds, three assists, twelve points. Grayson Allen, thirty seven minutes, four of five from the field, uh two of three from deep, three rebounds, one assist, eleven points. And Dev, Devin Booker, 38 minutes, two, uh, uh, 22 of 37 from the field. 6 of 12 from deep, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and his 62 points. And as they said, not a lot from the bench. Uh, Drew Eubanks, 16 minutes, 8 points. Uh, Eric Gordon, 30 minutes. Uh, he had 14. Um, but, uh, yeah, Booker, he had that elbow. Uh, offense foul in the groin area. It didn't look intentional but definitely should have been called and might have been um, upgraded to a uh, flagrant one penalty, uh, in my opinion. Um, but the crowd didn't like it, and they responded and booed him every time. Not not that I think Devin Booker is uh, shaken by being booed every time, but uh, um, he did, and, and, and then Bradley Bill... Caught, caught the forearm slash elbow into the face. 
I think they said he broke his nose. He did return. He had, you know, um, gauze or whatever it, um, tissue up in his nose to stop stop the bleeding, and he, he did return. Uh, had the uh, a mask against Orlando, which was in a, in a loss, and, you know, he, he started out three for three but did not uh, finish well um, in the Orlando game. But, again, I know we're talking about Indiana, but I, I just my, my mind's going everywhere between both games, so I apologize. But uh, uh, not uh, not very good. Pacers, uh, Siakam, he had 33 minutes and uh, 31 points. Uh, Naismith, uh, 34 minutes, 22 points. Uh, Nimbard, uh, 30 minutes, 22 points. Uh, Obi Toppin, 33 minutes, 23 points. Uh, Sticks, Jalen Smith, uh, 20 minutes. He had 13 points. Uh, Benedict Matherin, 21 minutes, 11 points. So very, very productive starters and bench for uh, the Pacers. And uh, probably one of the um, different, well, not probably, but definitely the difference maker. Suns, 51 of 89, 57.3%. From deep, 13 of uh, 30, 43.3%. Um, and then at the line, 16 of 18, 88.9%. The um, Pacers were 58 of 109. That's 53.2%. From deep, 8 of 26, 30.8%. And at the line, 9 of 15, 60.0. So 60%. Um Pacers out-rebounded the Suns 48-38 to with 21 offensive boards. 21 offensive boards, 27 defensive. Suns had 31 defensive and only 7 offensive. Uh, they had more assists, the Pacers did, 34-24. to uh, uh, Both teams had 8 blocks apiece. Uh, Suns had 5, uh, or eight, 8 steals apiece, excuse me. Suns did have 5 blocks to the Pacers, 3 um, you heard uh, Bickley and Murata talk about turnovers. Suns had 20 turnovers, gave, giving up 25 points. Pacers only had 13, uh, but they gave up 24. Um, still hard to uh, hard to win when you turn over the ball that much. Fast break points. Suns uh, lead at 19 to 16 points in the paint. 58 uh, for the Suns. 84 for the Pacers. Both teams had 17 fouls. Um, should have been more. Could have been more. Probably a flagrant on Booker. A technical uh, on the Pacers. Uh, Suns had a 17-point lead. Lost the lead. And uh, Pacers had six. Uh, their largest lead was six. Um, now we'll go ahead and get into uh, the Magic. Uh, Magic won one thirteen to ninety eight, um, much more convincingly. But Suns again, they won the first quarter thirty seven to twenty six. Struggled in the second quarter, um, lost the second quarter twenty five to nineteen. Uh, lost the third quarter thirty one to twenty nine, and lost the fourth quarter thirty one to thirteen. Um, and you heard Bickley Murata say it, that they had the, a good first quarter and did not do well the rest of the way. Uh, you're not going to win many games. Devin Booker, 44 points and a loss. 17 of 26 from the field, 9-11 at the um, line. Uh, 
Bancaro, um, 26 points, 9 of 18 from the field, and 6 of 9 at the line. Uh, Kevin Durant did not have 40. I don't know that that 40 points was for Miami. We'll get into that in a little bit. Kevin Durant, he he struggled. Uh, he had 37 minutes, 7 of 12 from the field, 1 of 3 from deep, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 15 points. Drew Eubanks uh, in there for um, Yusuf Nurkic, again, with the uh, uh, thumb issue. Uh, 29 minutes, 2 of 2 from the field, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 points. Bradley Beal um, with the, the mask on. 35 minutes. He is four of 13 from the field. I think most of that was in that in the first couple of uh, possessions that he had. He was 0 of 5 from deep. Five rebounds, six assists, nine points. Not good. Grayson Allen, 33 minutes, three of three from the field. Uh, perfect at the line of one of one. Five rebounds, one assist, eight points. Devin Booker, 36 minutes, seven seven of 26 from the field, one of two from deep. Four rebounds, three assists, 44 points. And uh, KBD, 20 minutes, five points. Uh, Azubuke, 11 minutes, two. Uh, Eric Gordon, 22 minutes. He had only had nine. Jordan Goodwin played a couple minutes. He had two points. Um, so terrible bench production yet again. Um, Bancaro, um 36 minutes, he had uh, 26 points. He was 9 of 18 from the field, uh, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Um, uh, the uh, Wagner brothers, they they played really well. Uh, Franz, he had uh, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists in 31 minutes. Um, Mo Wagner, 23 minutes. He had five of 13 from the field, 12 rebounds, one assist, 16 points, a uh, big spark off the bench. Carter jr. Uh, 23 minutes. He had nine points. Mark Hill faults, 27 minutes. He had 14 Jalen Suggs, 32 minutes at 10. Um, and of course, uh, Mo Wagner with the most off the bench with 16. um, Team stats, Suns 41 of 73, 56.2%. Uh, from deep there, 4 of 14, 28.6%. 12 of 21 at the line, terrible, 57.1% as a team. Um, Orlando, 41 of 92, that's 44.6%. From deep, 12 of uh, 36 that's 33.3%, and at the line, 19 of 26, 73.1%. Um, not a big margin of, of being out-rebounded this time, but still got out-rebounded again, 40-39 to 39 with 11 offensive boards for the Magic 29 defensive. Suns had 6 and 33 um, off or defensive. Um, Magic had way more assists, 30-19, to 19. More steals at twelve to four, and more blocks seven to five. Just magic dominated in just about every way. Fewer turnovers, only giving up uh, ten turnovers with eight points off those turnovers. Suns again, twenty three turnovers, twenty one points. Um, points uh, fast break points fifteen to four in favor of Orlando. Points in the paint uh, fifty to forty in favor of Orlando. Uh, fewer fouls for the Suns. They had nineteen. 
Um, the Magic had 21. Largest lead of the game for the Suns was 13. And Orlando had 17. Um, here is uh, Wolf and Luke uh, talking about the fourth quarter woes. It was a big topic conversation when you... Uh, one game, you do all right with the first half and struggle a little bit in the third and, and plummet in the fourth. That's Indiana. And then the second game against Orlando, you only do good in the first quarter. Um, you know, you lose both the second and the third, uh, but just get stomped again in the fourth. Here's Wolf and Luke talking about struggling in the fourth quarter yet again. Really made you wonder what game hurt the most for the most part. Was it Friday night's game that really bothered you or was it Sunday's game that really bothered you? Both, of course, bothered. But, man, for me, I got to tell you, Friday night yeah, Friday. was Friday night. Why do you say Friday well, I night? just, I mean, you're up, what are you, up nine going into the fourth quarter? Devin Booker gives you 62 points. I mean, if you're telling me the big three is going to play and one of them's going to score 62 points, I feel like... If you had to miss a game, like watching it, you could maybe take that one off. Hey, big three, Devin Booker's going to put up 62. Beal and Durant are going to play. Oh, okay. And, then, and you're going to be up by nine going into the fourth. Oh, okay, the Suns got that one. No, apparently not. Apparently the fourth quarter is is an issue again. Yeah, see, again, um, I think we all thought that was going to go bye-bye for the most part. Um, a game every now and then, you're going to get that, my brothers. You are. You're going to get it. But in back-to-back games, the Phoenix Suns scored 17 and 13 points in the fourth quarter. 17 and 13 in the fourth quarter. And gave up 28 and 31. Yeah, uh, 59-30 <laughs> outscored we, in the fourth quarter. Once again, have we seen this before in the past? Yeah, we, we saw that. We didn't see a lot of it in that seven-game win streak, did we? Yeah, it's it's tough here, right? Because you don't want to overreact to two games. You obviously weren't going to win every single game that you played this season. It's not like, hey, the Suns turned a corner and now they're going to go 48-0. No. Like, so I, I get that. If last night was a win, you just kind of write off Friday night. You know, Indiana, like I said, they're known for this. They give up a ton of points and they score a ton of points. That's what the Pacers do. If you, 133 to 131, that's a pretty typical game for the Pacers. So you could write that off. But to have it happen again last night... It's kind of weird, and, and you know, I know we're going to get deeper into what Booker's been doing later in the show, Wolf, but over the last three games, he's averaging just under 51 points a game, and he's doing it on 65% shooting, so it's not like he's, like, <laughs> right. wasting shots. How are you not 3-0 and in those games, at least, and instead they're 1-2? and What really bothered me, what really sucked buttermilk, can I just say that as the Amish are wont to say, it sucked buttermilk. What really got to me was the fact that the Pacers basically said, you know what, um, okay, we don't have Tyrese Halliburton. We don't have him, but here we go. We're going to run. We're going to go. We're going to get out, and we're going to score, and we're, we don't care. We think we've got the big three. Yeah, the Suns have the big three, and, and the Pacers and Rick Carlisle just basically said, we think we just outscore you. That's what we're going to do, they, that's and what guess they do. what they did. They, the fact that they got into an offensive shootout and the Suns couldn't win and that lost. game, when, that when, bothered me one beyond of their belief. Had 62 points. Yeah, once again, you've got the big three. 
you've got this team without Tyrese. You've got this team saying, hey, you know what? Uh, we think we can go. You want to go? Let's go. Don't play any de- Okay, well, yeah, we're not going to play. Here we go. We think we can outscore you. And they did. Don't uh, you're you're getting dangerously close to saying the Pacers set the pace, and I feel like you're like right on the verge of saying I it. Just that really bothered me, Luke. Well, it, it they got him into a shootout. And they didn't care. It, they were like, bring it on. It raises other questions because you got 94 points from Booker, Beal, and Durant, which I believe is their their season high together. That sounds like it. So where is everybody else in that game, right? You get 94 points from three guys. I'm guessing that that team hasn't lost a lot in NBA history, certainly not in a game that uh, that didn't even go to overtime. Here's uh, here's Frank Vogel afterwards. That's what they, they have when they play without Halliburton. They just, you know, they, they bully drive to the basket, and, you know, everybody comes to the glass, you know, so um, – you know, we got a board better than we did, but we forced a lot of misses. Um, you know, a lineup out there that we believe in, you know, that quite frankly, with the way they were double teaming and kamikazeing the game on the other end, usually we blow that team out, out of the gym, you know, but um, we just didn't capitalize on those double teams the way we normally do, or we'd be walking out of here with a W. Man, I thought that was kind of strong right there from Frank Vogel. I haven't, t- I, I, I have not heard Frank Vogel say that kind of thing. It felt After, like he was trying to send a message, but I don't know if it was to his team or other teams to be like, don't do this to us again. Uh, I, I think both might be the answer right there, honestly. Blow that team out of the gym. <laughs> uh, we didn't capitalize on those double teams the way that we normally do, or we'd be walking out of here with a win. Oh, okay. If that isn't – there must have been some yelling, huh, Frank? There must have been some yelling. But again – how did that help on Sunday? Apparently it didn't. Well, no, it didn't. Here's one more on, on the Friday game, Vogel on, on defending Indiana. No, our guys battled. We battled on the defense. This team beat Philly by 30 last night or was up by 30 last night. I mean, this, this is a very difficult team to, to guard, number one offense in the league, and I was proud of how our guys battled. Yeah, it's hard for me to look at the offensive side of the ball for the Suns in a game where they put up 131 and be like, oh, you should have been better. You should have scored more. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, when you give up 133, to me it's more on how you defended. But See, it, for me, I can't get past the, okay, they didn't have Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, this guy is, would you say he's integral to the Pacers' offense? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Well, I mean, the Pacers score so much anyway, but he's integral to them winning games. How's that? Okay. Because, I mean, they just, they, they will lose games 138 to 133. Like, they just, they, there is no defense in Indiana games. But either way, they were missing their best player, and you had all three of your best players, all and three. one of your guys scored 62. You got to win that game. The Pacers said, we're going to get you into a shootout because we don't think you can sustain it the way we can without Tyrese Halliburton. I, again, I'm sorry. So Friday that Friday bothered you more. Bothered me. Friday bothered me more too, but with the one caveat of I could just write Friday off as Indiana's kind of a weird team. They're very unique and you know, it snapped a seven game winning streak. So I can't be that upset, except they fell apart in the fourth quarter again last night. Here's Frank Vogel. Yeah, just uh frustrating, you know, um you know, more turnovers. Uh, we didn't handle their their uh, physicality. I mean, obviously a bigger bigger team than us uh, at a lot of positions, and um, you know the refs were letting them play. 
uh, physical brand of pressure basketball. We didn't handle it. We turned the ball over seven times. When we did get good looks, we didn't knock them down. You know, so we'll continue to look at what we need to do uh, to be better in the fourth. So last night you're you're up three going into the fourth. Orlando's not a bad team either, but you get outscored thirty-one to thirteen in the fourth quarter. Now you're in kind of a dicey spot because you got to play again tonight. Bradley Beal's like dealing with he's got the face injury with the mask that like it seemed fine, but then when he would make a shot, he'd have to adjust it, and then when he would miss a bunch of shots, it was just like coming off. Now you got to play Miami second half of back to back. Not exactly uh, the easiest team to go up against. Yeah. This was really, really discouraging as well, right? Especially the way the Suns shot the ball in the first quarter. <laughs> they came out, they shot 75% from the field, right? They, they looked ready to go. Okay. You know, that fourth quarter game. Yeah, we'll put that <laughs> Friday us. night. We're going to put that behind us. Let's go out here and seize control, set the tone. And that's what they did. They, they won the first quarter 37 to 26. And then from that point forward um, until they got into the fourth quarter, man, it was it was a struggle. They went ice cold, ice cold in the fourth quarter once again, to a point where I, I I'm starting to ask myself, is it getting into their head a little bit on the fourth quarter thing? See, I thought it was gone. That's gone. I, I thought that the they fixed game it. Wins. Yeah, yes. and they were so like, I mean, they were dominant in a couple of those fourth quarters. Fantastic in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was the best thing about that win streak. I think for the most part is how they played in the fourth quarter, winning those games. Of course, now all of a sudden, back to back, you score thirteen and seventeen, or seventeen and thirteen. I'm sorry, seventeen and thirteen. Man, give up thirty-one and twenty-eight. Not great. Not not uh, not great at all. Thanks for what. If you ask me, what game of the two that we've talked about up to this point bothers me the most? I think I would have to agree in part to what Wolf said. You know, they don't have Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, a guy that you no know, Suns passed up on and and took Jalen Smith, who is, um, you know, on on the Pacers team right now anyway. But um, should have taken Halliburton. They obviously didn't because they had Chris Paul. But you should still take should have taken him um, to be your backup point guard. And right now he's a All Star starter, Tyrese Halliburton. And so that one most certainly bothers you because there's one game you played the Pacers twice now, both games without Tyrese Halliburton. If, I, if my memory serves, one of them you've won in a comeback. Another one you lost. And, uh, um, I, you know, my answer would be both, but I definitely would have to say that that Pacers game because it, it was, you know, it, though they didn't have their guy, you no one's going to feel bad about it, you know. Uh, they didn't have their guy. You knew that going into it. Well, they're, well hold on. There was pr- – uh, Promised that he might would have gone, but he did not go. Um, so you know that going, you know, at uh, go, you know, going into the game, um, you know, after warmups, you know that that Halliburton's not going to. So uh, you game plan for if he does, but now you 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 have your other game plan for that he doesn't, and and you lose anyway. That sucks. Um, to start against Orlando the way they did, 
and then just faded so quickly, losing the three consecutive quarters. It it, it sucks too, but you know, uh, neither of which are um, neither of which are um, you know, great if you will. Well, they they did rebound back. Second game of a back-to-back, 118 to 105 against Miami. Um, but if I'm if I'm honest, this game actually really bothers me almost more than the other two games. Um because they they won the game but and dominated for three quarters and lost the fourth quarter again. Uh, but they lost the fourth quarter because they were up by so much. They had a 28-point lead at one point um, against the Heat, giving the Heat their eighth loss in a row. But they won the first quarter 33-25, to second quarter 29-24, to had a great third quarter 38-25, to and then lost the fourth quarter 31-18. to um, And they did it... You know, yeah, they had, you know, Jimmy Butler, so that that's good. Um, you know, so arguably you say Miami had their best guys, and they are just absolutely struggling. Kevin Durant, 42 minutes, did not have 40 points. Sorry, uh, Vince. Um, he was 8 of 15, 2 of 5 from deep, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 20 points. Yusuf Nurkic back in there. Uh, 27 minutes, 3 of 5 from the field, 0 of 1 from deep, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 6 points. He did foul out, um, but it was late in the game he fouled out. Bradley Beal, much better with the fitted mask now. 39 minutes, 8 of 21 from the field, 2 of 9 from deep, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 19 points. And Grayson Allen... Um, I can't remember when he got injured, but he did get injured and, well... Uh, did not return. He played 13 minutes. Um, I, I really don't remember what the injury was, but it sucks. Um, he was 0 of 2 last night. Um, two rebounds, one assist, and he only had three points. Devin Booker, 41 minutes, 9 of 23 from the field. 2 of 10 from deep, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. 22 points. A much better bench production for um, the Suns. They had, let's see, 34, 35, 36, 37, 40, um, 48 from their bench. And Miami Heat had... 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Um, so 48 to uh, to 30 uh, bench points difference. But for the Suns, Drew Eubanks, 21 minutes, 5 of 5 from the field, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 11 points. KBD, 6 points. He was 1 of 1. He had 3 points. Josh Kogi found his shot from deep. Uh, he was two of two. He was four or five from the field, 18 minutes, seven rebounds, 11 points. And Eric Gordon, 34 minutes, uh, eight of 17 from the field, five of 12 uh, from deep, four rebounds, five assists, and 23 points. And I really like Eric Gordon, and I think he's going to fill the role that 
Grayson Allen did, but there was a couple shots that I felt like Grayson Allen would have absolutely nailed from deep. He's been playing lights out, and this losing him sucks right now and sucks going forward. Um, and he's a guy, he's quickly becoming one of my favorites and, and I really don't like it, but you know, it's, it, you know, it is what it is. You got to move on. But I, you know, I, I think, you know, Gordon, maybe it's maybe just getting used to, you know, being the guy like Grayson Allen did, it might improve, but, uh, there, he, he takes a lot of shots and he misses more shots. Whereas Grayson Allen, he makes more shots than he, you know, I, I feel like, I know it's impossible to make more shots than, than you take, but it just, well, I guess, no, it's not. I mean, I get, well, no, actually, yes, it is. But it just, it just, that's the way it feels. Eric Gordon's not quite there yet for me, but, you know, he had 23 points and led the bench. Um, Miami Heat, um... Highsmith, um, 15 minutes, 1 of 3 from the field, 0 of 2 from deep, 2 rebounds, 5 points. Jimmy Butler, 37 minutes, 7 of 12 from the field, 2 of 2 from uh, deep, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 25 points. Uh, Adebayo, 35 minutes, 3 of 9 from the field, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 points. Tyler Hero, 34 minutes, 5 of 18 from the field, 5 of 12 from deep, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 17 points. And Terry Rozier, 27 minutes, 8 of 14 from the field, 4 of uh, 6 from deep, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 21 points. Um, Love with 13 minutes, 0 of 4 from the field, 2 rebounds. Um, he did have 4 points. Um, Martin, uh, 25 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 1 of 1 from deep, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 12 points. Uh, Josh Richardson, uh, 24 minutes, 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 12 points. And uh, Jax Jr., uh, 25 um, minutes, 0 of 6 from the field, 0 of 4 from deep, 3, three rebounds, 1 assist, 2 points. Um, like I said, they had a 28-point lead at one point, And Miami fought back, but it was it was too late. Uh, Suns, uh, 46 of 94, that's 48.9% from the field, 14 of 40 from deep, 35%, and at the line, 12 of 17, 76.6%. Uh, Miami, 33 of 84, um, that's 39.3%, 14 of 36 from deep, 38.9%, thir- uh, and 25 of 25, perfect at the free throw line. Um, Suns out-rebounded uh, the Heat 47-44 to 44 with 10 offensive boards, 37 defensive. Um, Heat had 8 offensive and 36 defensive. Suns 30 assists to the 20 for the Heat, 8 steals to the 5 for the Heat, 8 blocks to the 5 for the Heat. And uh, way fewer turnovers. Eight eight turnovers to 13. Um, gave up 11 points, did the Suns, and, and the Heat gave up 12. Both teams had 16 fast break points. Points in the paint go the Suns' way, 46 to 32. And Suns had fewer fouls, 16 uh, to 18. 
Uh, Heat did have two technical fouls. Suns had one. Largest lead, like I said, 28. And largest lead for the Heat had, was seven. Um, but yeah, giving up that 28 point lead, that, you know, and I know the Heat, you know, that the Heat culture, that, you know, they fight to the bitter end. And, and, you know, so much you can say about what they do. But to, you know, the, the the way I saw it starting to evaporate really frustrated me. And um, it's like they lost focus, and that was that was rough. That was uh, very, very, very rough. Um, let's see. Uh, we, we've been talking about... Well, hold on. We'll go, go ahead and get into uh, Sun's... Um, Suns post game media availability. We'll start with Frank Vogel, and then then we'll get back into a different topic before we we move on. Um, but here here's Frank Vogel. Yeah, X rays are negative. Uh, sprained right ankle. Be day to day. Did you see exactly when that happened? I did not. I, mean, I saw him limping off the floor, but I don't. I didn't see the play yet. It's great. Yeah, proud of those guys, and that's what it should look like on a second night of back to back. You know, your starters carry a heavy load the night before, and any role players got to come in and uh, you know bring that energy. And uh, those guys uh, not only played well but scored the ball well. We don't usually get that type of offensive production from those guys, but uh, you know, great night for our bench. And then Drew, um, the initial start, you feel like that was the beginning of, of that production. Yeah, Nurk got in foul trouble. Uh, we were going to kind of match Nurk's minutes with Bam anyway. Um, so it kind of worked out with him being able to come back and start the second quarter, getting Drew in a little bit earlier. But his energy to start the game or start his night uh, when he came in was great and uh, gave us a big lift. You said you wanted to get up more threes. You got up. <laughs> The way you got it, are you pleased with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. The fourth quarter last night, we passed up a lot of threes and only took 14 for the night. And uh, so our guys were, were aggressive shooting it. And then the fourth quarter tonight, we just didn't make any. <laughs> it was one, one of those things. Um, but I love the looks that we were getting, and I love that we were aggressive taking them, you know? In the fourth quarter, again, it's another, you know, Devin even said the other night, pace and turnovers. Is it, what's got to? Yeah, we just got to get 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 through the mental hurdle of it, you know. For whatever reason, we've had some you know some letdowns in the fourth, and uh, our guys are talking about it. We're working on it each day, um, you know, just trying to be poised, you know, not 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 trying to, you know, put too much pressure on it, you know, and just just go out and play relaxed, but play focused. Do you feel like it is more of a mental thing? It's been a little bit of everything, you know, but it's something we got to get past. Yeah, we were getting great. We were getting great looks most of the night. Um, even early in the game, we we're going to go going back and forth between their man and zone, and um, you know we just want to keep touching the paint, being aggressive, and playing for each other. You know, no force type of offense. You know, a second defender comes to the basketball, um, you know, make make the extra pass, and uh, our guys did that most of the night. When you look at Spolter, you already know what he's going to do with the mix up with the defense. It's all 
maybe just through the course of the game, how you feel like you guys adjusted? I mean, when he first started changing it up to, to toward the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think we were, we were really good all throughout the game. And, and honestly, uh, the looks we were getting against the zone in the fourth. They were, the fourth quarter was, you know, they were playing zone earlier than that. But the fourth quarter, they were just extending and gambling. You know, so they're, they're flying all over the place, trying to force turnovers to our credit. We had an eight turnover night after having 19 and 23, the two, two prior nights. And uh, our big three had two turnovers. Okay, 21 assists, two turnovers by, by, by KD, Book, and Brad. Uh, so that's a special night from, from those guys. And, um, you know, I like the looks we got in the fourth quarter. Like I said, I mean, we got great looks time and time and again. We just didn't make a lot of them in the fourth quarter. Last thing, obviously, you got over that kind of hump game in the seven-game road trip. What are you sensing for the last three? Obviously, Brooklyn coming up with the Yeah, we've won eight out of ten. And uh, I like the direction our team is going, playing some good basketball. And uh, just got to get this next one. Talked about it again, you know, said it was a hurdle and asked whether or not the hurdle was mentally or physically and a little bit of, of both. Um, and I'm, I'm mentioning this now because we'll, we'll get back into the fourth quarter um, because, you know, um, with uh, Burn, uh, Burns and Gambo, they, they talked about it and, and probably their thoughts are much similar to mine. Yeah, it was when. But you had a big lead, you know, maybe it's human uh, nature to, you know, to let off the gas, and that's definitely what they did. Um, uh, Frank was talking about, you know, that they had a lot of looks in the fourth quarter from deep and, and just didn't make as many as they did earlier in the game. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if shot making as much to do with it as is just uh, Miami, they never gave up. And they kept on going, and they played defense, and they didn't, you know, they, they didn't let their foot off the gas, and um, they just ran out of time. And, uh, you know, I guess a win is a win, but it, it is most certainly frustrating. Here's a couple guys from the locker room, starting with uh, Kevin Durant. We have Bradley Beal and Eric Gordon in the locker room. Might be difficult to hear, but, you know, we'll try to fight through it. Produced with Eric and Josh. And, you know, just how big was that for for tonight? Yeah, it's always good when everybody get involved and, and everybody feeling confident. Drew was great to start us off. EG was great. We just kept cruising from there. Brad Book was great in fourth, and it's good to get a win on the back to back. What do you think of you know the way you guys handled their zone? I know they got up 43s, but yeah, I mean we started first uh, started. Uh, we got like five, six corner, wide open corner threes, and like I, kept, I keep telling you, to make them this league. Like you know, it's bad offense when you miss those wide open shots, but it's great offense when you make those shots. It could be contested over two people if you make it. It get called great offense. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes great offense, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make the shot. It's just about what you generated, the body movement, the, the screening, all that little details people should watch if they try to understand what a good basketball player is. So a lot of those times they were in the zone, Booker, Brad Hill, and on top, we set that screen, now we got the two-on-one on that backside. So that guy who got to help you with me, you want to sell out to try to get that test. And then we got Eric Gordon in the corner with four wide open threes. Right. Then Book got like two of them. Like, Dad, we 
since ten in a row. I'm living with those shots every time. I think I mean maybe the seventh, eighth miss, maybe you can pump fake and get to the paint a little bit and maybe shoot a mid or get closer, but I love those shots from two. Just a matter of going down. Curious with the turnovers, very low number tonight. Is that just a that more of a conscious effort going into tonight's game? Yeah, I mean I just did I mean like I said, I set the tone with all that type of stuff and I didn't start the game off with a turnover or I didn't have four in the first half, so the rest of the season would curious when you just think it just Coach was saying before the game, you guys were upset losing the last two. How much was that part of going into tonight? You know? Yeah, I mean, we we always talk about bounce back mentality and move past the last game. And regardless of the outcome, we, we, we review it and move on quick. I think that's what back-to-backs give you an opportunity to just watch, watch the game away, just go out there and play the game. And tonight we play free and we play together. We played defense and uh, kept the ball in our hands, and that's always the formula. Man. We got up 26, 27 points. And I know you just look at the numbers and start watching the game. We <laughs> generated great shots the whole quarter and just didn't go in, so I'm encouraged. What? Uh, mask. How does it feel? Uh, first, we praise God. Uh, new mask is a lot better. You can see, see clearly, uh, fitted well. So it's good. It's good over here. Curious the way you guys uh, balance tonight. Six guys at double figures. The bench, you know, highly productive. Maybe just speak to the overall getting the win after a couple of times. Uh, I mean, that's what Coach uh, harped on in the film this morning. Uh, just being able to get back to our brand of ball and get back to get our defense and getting us into the game and getting our offense going. Um, trying to get Cable and just being, just being more free flowing. You know, obviously we were playing well the last few games, the last eight nine games. But you know, we dropped those two. But tonight was good to be able to just get back to our our flow and our good energy. And speaking of that, got a lot of early defense to offense. Yeah. How big was that just to initially get in that defensive mindset to have those kind of players? That's important, you know, because that's that's what's going to win our games. Like we can score the ball. You know, everybody knows we can score the ball. We got many guys who can do that. And, you know, we got to take pride in our defense, and that's where it starts. You know, especially us three starting the game, like we got to, we got to guard. You know, and I think that's something that we've been better at taking the challenges that we understand. One of us at least is going to have to guard a guy. You know, so uh, we, we take that on the chin, and uh, you know, we're, we're very enthusiastic about it. You know, we kind of like who got him, who got him, like type thing. So it it, it kind of boosts us in the game for sure. Curious what you thought of Josh's overall play. I think it was huge, man. It was, it was unbelievable. I was super happy for him. Uh, you know, good to get back his back to playing the way he he's capable of playing, man. Just playing free, not thinking, uh, being reactive, being a defensive pest like he always is. Offensively, he made a three, he made some plays. Offensively, got some offensive rebounds for us. They were key, man. The big steal down the stretch. He got a transition, ran back in defense like that was huge for us. So. And he knows what he's capable of doing. We, just, we need to continue to keep him back in line with this. Last thing I have with him, fourth quarter, is it, what, what, what's, I mean, I know that it's, it's something you guys know with the turnovers and not playing fast, but what, was that the same thing tonight? I don't think so. I think we just didn't make no shots. <laughs> I think just the first couple of possessions, we just didn't make any shots. We had good looks. Uh, just didn't, didn't go in and their shots did. So, you know, that kind of, 
I wouldn't say rattled us, but slowed us down a little bit. And, you know, we eventually got our bearings and, you know, get back. But I think we got really good shots. We didn't turn the ball over. And I think that's, that's what hurt us in the past. We were starting those quarters. So I think it was just better tonight. We understood what we were, what we were running. Um, we were organized. We just got, just got the looks. We just got knocked down. How big was it to get in the flow once you got in and hit some things and then contribute the way you did? Yeah, I got into the flow, you know, uh, you got to take advantage of opportunities and, you know, the trees were there and, um, you know, I wish I would have hit a couple of them and they were open, but um, it was good to knock some down and get a good flow to the game. How big was it with the bench tonight? I mean, the truth still kind of started at all, but then I followed and Josh went off. Yeah, it's much needed, you know. As the season goes along, we got to get better chemistry-wise, and um, we have to do well. And uh, as, I mean, before you know it, in a couple of months, we'll be in right there in the playoffs. So we got to just continue getting better and better. Seriously, you saw Josh's double clutch bank. <laughs> 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 it was much needed at that time because, you know, Miami, we were making a little bump of run, but, you know, JL, he had a good game today, and uh, it was good to see that. Curious the, the balance that you guys had. I mean, it's been rare that six guys in double figures, uh, no one over 30, but probably anybody under 10. Um, can that be something that could be built upon? For sure. I mean, we should be scoring relentlessly once we have a balance attack. Because when we only got a couple guys going for, you know, uh, you know, we get stagnant and it hurts our, and it hurts our team big time. And, uh, once everybody gets a little low, that's when we start overpowering teams offensively and defensively. We get more scrappy. And, so we know that and we just going to continue doing that. Lastly, you, you've gone back to uh, the visiting area where you played before. Kevin, get ready to do it. I'll be going back to Brooklyn. Let me speak to your experience and, and how that could play into his experience. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like, you know, he's had a great career for sure. Um, you know, uh, I know they got high expectations, and uh, he did well there. And, uh, you know, they did through a lot. You know, James was there, Kyrie was there, so you know, they gotta, you know, they gotta praise him because he didn't have to go there, and uh, and he went there and made things happen. And, uh, so you know, uh, they should be praising him for another few years. EG has gone to uh, a couple of places he's played recently. A couple times, mainly the Clippers, uh, now twice. Um, But for Kevin Durant, it's going to be much different. We'll talk about, you know, his his thoughts as such here in a second. But since the majority of our conversation is about the Suns in the fourth quarter, as is the title of this episode... Um, that, that, uh, we, we got to get back into it and here's Burns and Gambo, uh, from, from today, uh, talking about the fourth quarter woes. It's funny to me about that soundbite. Can I tell you? Go ahead. He acknowledges it's a mental hurdle. Mm -hmm. And then when asked to clarify, so you're saying it's a mental hurdle, he kind of backed off a little bit because there is... Don't you think a little bit of a stigma kind of attached to the idea that there is a mental hurdle the Suns have to climb with the fourth quarter? Like it might be saying something about your guys or your players if you're saying 
yeah, they kind of fall apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the fourth quarter's kind of in their heads a little bit. Like, like almost play, when, play for me again. Okay. I want to see if I picked that up. Okay, what you picked up. Here go we ahead. go. Here we go. But we just got to get 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 through the mental hurdle of it. You know, for whatever reason that we've had some, you know, some letdowns in the fourth, and uh, our guys are talking about it. We're working on it each day. Um, you know, just trying to be poised. You know, not 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 trying to, you know, put too much pressure on it. You know, and just just go out and play relaxed, but play focused. Do you feel like it is more of a mental thing in the fourth quarter? It's been a little bit of everything. You know, but it's something we got to get past. See what I mean? Yeah, he's saying it's one of several things. Yeah. It's not the main thing. It's not the main thing, but it's one of the things we've got to figure out a way to get past. Yeah, it's just, and Dwayne Rankin's a good reporter. Like he, oh, so you think it's a mental hurdle? You, and then as soon as he was asked that very specific question about that, he backed off a little bit. Now, I don't know about you. I happen to think the Suns in the fourth quarter is very much a mental thing. <laughs> and it's very much a mental I, hurdle. I, think, I really believe do that. Do you think now. it's the number one thing? Because I think the number one issue is fatigue. Okay, I think the number one issue as to why shots aren't going down is that you're playing everybody 40 minutes a game, and these guys are exhausted and tired, and the bench hasn't been able to come through. And I think there's been, a, outside of last night, there's been a lot of pressure on everybody that's you know that's a that's a scorer on this team to make those shots because there's so many guys that they can't rely on. You could, you know, what I think you could convince me that it, it's fatigue. I, I think it's more. You go out and you miss three or your first four or your first five shots in the fourth quarter, and, man, those demons just start kicking into your head. I, I was sitting on the couch yesterday watching the game. The demons were kicking in my own head. And I'm, I'm 3,000 miles away watching the game on TV, and I'm watching them miss their first three or four shots of the fourth quarter. I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go again. I had the I had the the, the OK Go song going through my head. Here it goes again. Here it goes again. I'm like, here we go. Fourth quarter all over again. And I mean they had to bring Devin Booker in earlier. So than fatigue they to. fatigue could lead to, you know, um a mental, you know, a fatigue could lead to you miss shots and then mentally Yeah, sure. You're I, tie, you know, they but could I think be tied, and that's why yeah. I think that Vogel's probably right that it's a few different things. Another thing it could be, I continue to harp on this, man. I don't know, but Devin Booker just needs to be be in the game at the start of the fourth quarter to me. I mean, you got to rush him back two minutes into the fourth quarter instead of him getting his normal rest because yeah. they go on an eleven nothing run to start the quarter. And we can sit here and say, and you'd be right in saying it, not saying you, but just in general, you can sit here and say, hey, look, look, what does it matter? They won the game last night. You know, they they, they were never really threatened. Threatened? No, not Miami at all. cut it to thirteen, then they cut it to eleven, then they cut it to ten. The Suns were going to win that basketball game. But I'll tell you where it does matter. You had to bring you had to rush Devin Booker back in that game with ten minutes to Look go. Look at the minutes that all the big guys played. It's absurd for a game that, that they led by twenty five points with you know at the end twenty six twenty six by the end of the third quarter, and you got to play your starters almost the entire fourth quarter in that game. You're you're gonna man, you're gonna regret these moments at the end of the season. You're going to regret that you played these guys that minutes because then then we'll really have a conversation about physical fatigue. Might have been 28. I got Book hitting a jumper, 78-72, and then Beal. Well, okay, whatever it was. It was yeah, a big okay. number. I think it was, it was, I think it was 28. It was they were a, up by 28. It was a really big number. And yet you're, you have to rush Devin Booker back into that game because you're worried it's going to well, spiral out of control? And, and, and look at the minutes that Durant ends up playing in a game like that. Now, I think, I think that they kind of – Tucked him away in the corner for like five or six minutes. Um, to kind of rest him without resting Yeah, him. I think so. I think he wasn't really facilitating a lot of the offense. He was kind of just 
being a threat out there, but if you go look at the minutes that these guys had to play in a game that they were up by 28 points. 42 for Kevin Durant, 41 for Devin Booker, 39 for Bradley And it was 100 to 72. (laughs) It was 100 to 72. I'm thinking that these guys are going to get the whole fourth quarter off. Yeah. Like the whole fourth. Second night of a back-to-back long road trip, and it's just, it's not... You know, you're up by 28 late in the third quarter. Man, Frank Vogel's got to be thinking, all right, I'm going to get my guys some rest tonight. I'm going to get a little bit of a blow. Never happens. And it just doesn't happen. Never happens. And it's just so whether it's the physical fatigue of having to play them all those minutes in the first three quarters or whether it's just sort of the mental, hey, man, we because like anybody in anything in life, if you've got a mental block on something, if, if there's something that always causes you stress or gives you anxiety or it makes you uncomfortable, right, that, that's something you got to get over. That's something you got to deal with and you've got to address and you've got to try to solve. I think it's the same way for the Phoenix Suns. I think they start these fourth quarters, and if things don't go well early, those thoughts start to creep into their head. And, and I think it is absolutely a mental hurdle that they have to get over. I think it is in their heads. Hey, guys. It's the fourth quarter. Hey, let's make sure this fourth quarter isn't like the last fourth quarter because the last fourth quarter was really bad. Oh, my God, we're starting to go down that spiral. Almost, it's going to be just like the last fourth quarter. Here we go. Almost the res- the reverse of what they were two years ago when in the final five minutes of the game, this is ours. The exact reserve. The exact reverse. This is ours. Nobody is beating us in the final five minutes of a basketball game. Nobody. And I'll give you credit. And I noticed this too, but you said it so when we were doing our caller segment earlier. I think you're absolutely right. I think they play the game in the fourth quarter to kill the clock. They I, do. I think they play the game in the fourth quarter. Hey, we've got when the they're lead. Ahead. Let's just milk this. Let's not, let's, they don't want to take a shot with 10 seconds yep. into a shot clock. Kill some clock. Let's right. run it down. So let's they end up getting a, a worse shot to, mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't want to shoot the ball 10 seconds in. I don't want to mm-hmm. shoot it. Tw- I'd rather shoot it when the shot clock is under 10 because now I've just at least killed like 14, 15 seconds. Sometimes they run it down to two, three, four seconds. They end up getting a worse shot than they could have got seven seconds earlier. Now, what's it going to take? to fix this well i think it's it's part physical and it's part mental you know you'd you'd like to you'd like to get your big three some minutes off throughout the course of the game maybe save them up a little bit number two you'd like to have a successful fourth quarter or two to build up the confidence hey guys we've slayed the demons we've conquered the mountain we figured it out we got over it we're okay we don't have these fourth quarter issues but until they do that on a routine basis i think we are all the sons the players the fans everybody watching I think we're all going to be a little grippy at the start of every fourth quarter wondering if it's a close game. How's this going to go tonight? Yeah. What are they going to do tonight in the fourth quarter? I think the lead was so big last night that I didn't worry that they were going to lose. But I did was really hopeful that they could have gotten those guys out six, seven minutes left in the game because they were up by 28. And they weren't able to do that. And then again, I mean, you start to talk about the, the amount of 40-minute games Durant has played, the amount of games that, that each of these guys has played where the minutes are very, very heavy. You're hoping to, you know, to spare these guys a little bit of time on the court if you can win some of these games easily. Thanks for watching Burns and Gambo. Yeah, it's definitely uh, both mental and physical. There, There is, is no doubt about it. Um... The Suns, they had that seven-game winning streak. Now they are one in three in their last uh, three games. Um, Here are some of the minutes, and I wish I would have done total minutes in the last three games. Um, But uh, I'll 
I'll play something that I'm about to play next and then, and then kind of give it. But, uh, you know, this is just me. You know, I'm like thinking, do I have time? Can I do it real quick? Um, and I, you know, I was trying to listen to what they were saying and, you know, boom, I lost track. But Pacers in the Pacers game, it was a loss. 39 minutes for Kevin Durant, 20 minutes for Nurkic, 34 for Beal, 37 for Grayson Allen, 38 for Booker, and 30 off the bench for Eric Gordon. Everybody else, um, you know, under 30. All right? That was a loss. Um, Then, in the first game of a back-to-back against the Magic, the minutes were Kevin Durant, 37. Drew Eubanks filling in for Nurk, 29, so almost 30. Bradley Beal, 35. Grayson Allen, 33. Devin Booker, 36. Your starters played... Almost 30 minutes and above. Heavy, heavy starter minutes. And uh, KBD and and Eric Gordon off the bench, 20 and 22, respectively. And then last night, they talked about it just a second ago briefly, but we'll we'll go ahead and and, uh, do it. Kevin Durant, 42. Nurk, 27. Bradley Beal, 39. Grayson Allen got injured with the... He's day to day, which is thankful. Uh, thankfully, we talked about that, but um, he had thirteen. Devin Booker forty one. Um, Drew Eubanks twenty one. Jo eighteen. Eric Gordon again thirty plus minutes thirty four. That that's the minutes. So it's definitely mental and physical. There there is absolutely no doubt about it. Um, they talked about in, um, uh, to Eric Gordon, it was, um, uh, Dwayne Rankin asked, you know, um, about going, you know, Eric Gordon going back and some of the playing against his, some of his former teams and well, Kevin Durant will do that tomorrow and, um, here is uh, just kind of really just that, you know, what, what Kevin Durant's thought process going into it. And um, this is uh, Bickley Murata and Kevin Durant saying, pleads no video tribute ahead of uh, Son's trip to Brooklyn. Bickley and Murata mornings, Arizona Sports. The local sports leader, Bickley Blast. Not to get personal, but have you ever been told, please don't, the night will be better without it? Maybe it happened when you wanted that one glass of bourbon or when you wanted to invent, uh, invite a friend along on date night, but did you ever think an NBA star would say those words about a potential tribute video? Please don't. The night will be better without it. Welcome to Kevin Durant's world, folks. KD returns to Brooklyn tomorrow night, and if you haven't heard, he is pleading with the Nets to forego the video board recognition because they didn't accomplish anything as a team 
during his time in Brooklyn. And I love KD for having that perspective, even though I'm hearing the Nets are going to honor him anyway. But here's the thing. KD was never the problem in Brooklyn. On the court, he was fantastic. It was as his availability that was an issue. And in the end, all the drama came from Ben Simmons, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Their attempts at a super team was indeed a disaster, but Durant held up his end of the bargain, and nobody would begrudge him that. Yet KD is also smart enough to know how a tribute video will be trolled and trashed in the coming days once it happened, which is kind of good because it also means KD is smart enough to know what will happen if he helps lead the Suns to their first title in nearly six decades, delivering us all from our own brand of eternal torment. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. It just depends on how the people wake up, you know. There's no <laughs> that, that morning. I mean, a lot of people don't know what to say or how to feel about me, so it's up in the air on what, what may happen, you know. So I'm excited that uh, people will come watch the games and support the games. I know it's going to be some Suns fans. It's fans of every team in the world in New York City. So it's going to be a few Suns fans that are coming in and supporters so but I, I never know how people are going to react i don't expect anything uh, from anyone uh, i just want them to do whatever they do is going to, that's going to allow them to have some fun that night that is kevin durant uh kudos another great blast oh thank you, thank you. Uh, and thank you. Uh, i like when people uh accentuate point out when and, and i think it's very rare in the year 2024 when somebody of stature has real self-awareness. Yes. Isn't it rare? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It really, really is. And Kevin Durant has self-awareness. It's Yeah. To be saying, please don't. The night will be better without it. He's right on the money about that. Frank Isola is my guy who said the Nets are doing it anyway because uh, they feel like they have to. And Kevin Durant was really good in Brooklyn, and yet yet he gets folded into their failure. So the the, the critics and the haters of KD, they, they lump on KD's decision to form his own super team in Brooklyn as a personal character flaw the way that they kind of assign his decision yeah. to join the Golden State Warriors. It's a little different. It really is. Now, at, at, at the end of it, KD did ask out, and at the end of it, KD did get Steve, help get Steve Nash removed, and at the end of it, KD did accept and give his blessings uh, on a trade to Brooklyn, but I don't think Brooklyn would uh, undo that trade. If you called him up right now and said, hey, you know what? If you feel bad about that, you want to give us back our guys? We'll give you back your guy? I don't think they'd take it back. <laughs> no. But what, what Kevin Durant did do, and yes, it was a, a, a tenure marked with disappointment and ultimately failure. Mm -hmm. But Brooklyn, New York was one of the epicenters of the basketball world after that trade mm -hmm. went down. There was a lot of eyeballs on a franchise that... For the most part, people don't pay a lot of attention to, mm -hmm. and it turned out to be a negative, as it you know, as, as it you know, the results were as it were as it as it were. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, and it and again, and I think you also have to factor in the fact that the Nets. I, I know that that when this all went down, when when the when the trade, this is long before I even knew KD wanted to come to Phoenix. I, I'm like, okay, Katie, you need to be a little more cognizant of the fact that Brooklyn paid you uh, top dollar to rehab for a year. But again, that's not that's not something he chose. That was that was something that came with signing Kevin Durant. Yeah. He needed that time to rehab. And I think the reaction, and, and Kevin Durant in that soundbite was talking about the reaction he expects to get from Brooklyn. He said, "You never know. 
Um, you know, are, are the Nets fans the most rabid fan base in the world? No. No. Um, did they fall short of their goals? Yes. But you're also talking about a franchise that hasn't won anything since they were in the ABA. Mm-hmm. They've won Jack in the NBA. So I, I think that failure is tempered there. But going back to the subject of, of self-awareness, uh, Dwayne Rankin had a piece on this on, on azcentral.com. Uh, I'm not. Ex- this is Durant saying this. I'm not expecting people to praise me or honor me. I didn't even pose the question. Somebody else brought it up randomly out of nowhere. I just gave my input on that. I don't feel like I deserve one, meaning a tribute. I didn't feel like I stayed there long enough. I didn't put in enough work. I didn't leave a lasting impact. Some other things that he said about this, I just think if we had more time, for sure we could have done some special bleep, but we didn't have no time. <laughs> Fans can't connect with that. Uh, so he d- talked he, about yeah. um, you know the triple-double, the 49.17 rebound, 10-assist game he had in the Game 5 win against the Bucks in the playoffs. He said that's the only game that had a lasting impact on anybody. And if Kevin Durant's foot was a little smaller, yeah. we might be talking yes. about a completely different subject know, going right? into this game tomorrow night. Right? We might even, be talking about a different Suns team. Yeah. He even yeah. went to the, as far. You want to talk about real self-awareness. And Kevin Durant can be salty and reactive like nobody else on social media. But somebody um, said, um, oh, where's the quote that I'm looking for? He requested the, the Nets frequent uh, on social media said he requested more trades than playoff series one during his time here. Why would we give him a tribute video? That's pretty cutting stuff. Durant responded and said, seems like me and Nets frequent are on the same page. <laughs> Listen, and, and, and again, I, I think KD is smart enough to know exactly how this is going to play out. It's going to play out just like that. Yes, but this is a kinder, gentler NBA. We've seen basically every – I mean, the Suns have a lot of ex-players around the league now because they completely changed the, the mm-hmm. look of their roster. I mean, DeAndre Ayton got a welcome back. Ish Wainwright got a welcome back. Bismack Biombo got a welcome back. Yeah. Next Tuesday night, campaign's going to get a warm welcome back. That's okay. Chris Paul. Got one. Okay, you're Chris right. Chris Paul so, got one. So you're right. They're, they're being handed out like lollipops. What yeah. do you want, a cookie? Landry Shamit got one. I also oh, think Tory Craig got one. Oh, come on. No, did they really? No, Absolutely. They, they did. Landry Shamit. How did they even find enough highlights to, to put in? Well, it's, he had that really good game against the Nuggets, Landry, man. They probably... Landry Shamit and Torrey Craig were both in street clothes for their welcome wow. backs. Ooh. Oops. As I think DeAndre Ayton was. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he well, made it to the He's got nothing to prove, though, Vinny. The sun was he's in his eyes. He's got nothing to prove. To... You, you say what you will. He's a max player. He's I, a max player. I, I think he's most, always going to be a max player. I think most Brooklyn fans blame Kyrie and Harden and Ben Simmons for what went wrong. More, more so than, than more than Durant. Durant. I think he's fourth right. on the list. But but I think there's not a chance in heck that that KD gets the response in Brooklyn that the return of McHale and Cam Johnson got in Phoenix. No. And they didn't win anything either. No. But they were here a lot longer. But they were a lot longer. And they got and to they a connected. Finals. They connected. They got to a final and they yeah. certainly connected. Right. Right. So uh, this is going to be interesting, and it's going to be an interesting game because, as you pointed out, Vinny, there was a time about two weeks ago when when Mikhail Bridges looked like he needed a three-week-long nap, and, and people were wondering about his shooting and this and that, yeah. and should we trade him and get draft picks for him the way we and, – and now they've kind of righted it. They're oh, playing a, much better now. There was a piece on ESPN.com that was like six big trades we want to see before the deadline, and Bobby Marks put out, I'd love to see Mikhail Bridges traded – to the Knicks. And he said, 
don't get me wrong, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know the Knicks and the Nets have not gotten together on a trade since the 70s? Is that right? <laughs> Who was the guy? Butch Beard? <laughs> I'd have to look it up. It was certainly in the... Uh, Certainly in the piece, but yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, that's tomorrow night. We'll have a lot more on that game uh, coming up on tomorrow's show. I think the the fan bases are two totally different fan bases. Um, I think everybody that the Suns have given warm welcomes to, like Landry, and the list goes on, everybody they mention, is yes, those players were much more connected to the fans than... Um, maybe Kevin Durant is to the the fans in 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 Brooklyn, um, and I think the fans in Brooklyn, uh, you know, are, I don't want to say much meaner. And I I've not been there, so this is just kind of me, you know, being a, a typical West Coast fan and and them being East Coast biased fans. I think that you know that. Like, obviously, you know, Philly is notorious for, you know, um, you know, very passionate, very rough around the edges fans. And I, I think, you, you know, uh, cities like New York are, are pretty uh, like, uh, close up there. I, I think, I'm not saying they're not classy, but, I, you know, I always felt like the Suns fans are, you know, with the exception of guys that really give it to other players. Uh <laughs> are seen as much more classy than that, I think. And so I'm, you know, I'm interested to see what, you know, what the fanfare is for Kevin Durant tomorrow. But, you know, well, you know, I, I think that's the reason, you know, the biggest difference is, is uh, the connectivity between everybody that's returned to Phoenix uh, is much different, especially, especially the twins, Cam and, Mikel, I mean, they deserve every every bit of what they're getting, and uh, so for sure about that. Um, that that kind of wraps up uh, the majority of what we're getting into. I'm going to be close to two hours here. Um, I apologize, but I have one last thing. Um, today, uh, Mario Stoudemire, former son, uh, son's great. Um was on with Wolf and, and Luke. And they had a conversation with him and I'm sure that you know they'll talk about you know how what his thoughts are on on the Sun the Suns team as currently constructed. But there is one last question or I don't know if it's the last question but one of the last questions that that really caught caught my ear listening to it earlier and that I kind of want to end uh, today's show with so here is Amari Stoudemire with uh, um, Wolf and Luke on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Arizona Sports YouTube page and Amari Stoudemire on Ooh. the Arizona Sports line Stats. right now this is awesome Amari thank you so much for the time let's go man. yeah what's up guys what's happening everybody's good yes man, how you doing Amari I'm feeling good brother feeling good uh, let's start with that, man. Let's not bury the lead here. Just the emotions you have about being inducted into the Suns Ring of Honor next, uh, about a month and a half from now. I mean, I feel great about it, bro. I think I'm, I'm extremely excited. My family's excited about it. Um, you know, Dave, Dave was born and raised in Phoenix, and to see their father going up in the Raptors, 
is, is going to be a great moment for them and also for myself. I mean, the time I put in in Phoenix and the, and the enjoyment I've had there with the fans and the people of, of Arizona, um, to see this happening is, is going to be a very, very exciting night. Amari, do you mind if I ask you to get a little personal here? How did you find out that you were going into the ring of honor? I got a call. I got a call from Matt. Uh, Matt, Matt called me and said, hey, you know, I got some good news for you. And it's been long overdue. And once he said that, I'm like, hold on, is this, is this the call for the jersey retirement? And he was like, uh, we're going we're gonna to definitely retire your jersey. And that was, that was a, a great day because that was also my son's birthday, who's also my namesake. So it happened to kind of work, you know, all together at the right moment. So it was definitely a beautiful, beautiful day. We're talking to Amari Stoudemire. Amari, what do you remember most about that era? I mean, like you and Steve Nash, you're the faces of an era of Suns basketball that was really successful. Yeah, you know what? I think the, the excitement we had, the, the enjoyment we had playing together was um, something that you can't duplicate, right? I mean, it happens, you're in the moment and you're loving it, but you're not understanding how much history you're actually making because you're in the mix. And I think as we look back on that now from the outside looking in, how special that time was because we were actually changing the face of basketball. We were changing the game of basketball. And being a part of that trend-setting moment uh, was special. So, Amari, right now, I played 10 years in the National Football League myself, and I miss yep. the physicality. I miss the contact every day. That, to me, was the best part about it. What do you miss the most? I missed the competitiveness, right? I mean, it was, it, was, it was like my whole objective, and as you guys kind of saw me play, was to dominate. So every time I attack the rim, every time I'm around the basket, I'm looking to force my will upon the opposing team. And that dominant mentality is something that was uh, one of my staples. And so not having that type of energy to do that now that I'm retired, that's the part I miss, being able to dominate and show the fans, the people that are watching, that Stoudemire is like out there trying to oppose his will and taking force on the rim. I think that was my, that's what I missed the most. Amari, I can tell you, I think a lot of Suns fans miss seeing that too over the last few years from, uh, from Amari on the Suns. What um, are there players when you look around the NBA right now that you like watching? You know, I like watching, I like watching, um, obviously I like watching Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, right? Those guys to me are like the, the, the pinnacle of, fundamental basketball and excellence in the, in the sport, right? As far as being able to, to create your own shot and have balance and have a poise and have a sense of IQ of the game. I also like watching Joel Embiid play. And I enjoy watching our, our, our Jokic out of the Joker, out of Denver. I think he, he brings a different style of basketball. Reminds me of kind of Sabonis back in those days when he passed so well and being able to use that footwork to get a shot off. All those guys are, are special in their own way. Amari, any regrets from your career? When you look back after all the years that you played, do you have any regrets? Uh, I mean, you always have to live with your regrets, but there's always regrets, right? I mean, I, I wish I would have known about this rule that you can't step on the court if, if an altercation happens. Uh, it's out of my control. I didn't know about the rule. I don't think Boris did either. Um, and so that was always something that we would love to take back. Um, I wish I would have had the opportunity to stay in Phoenix and play my entire career there. I was, that was my ultimate goal. I had built a home in the Biltmore, and I was ready to, to extend my career there and finish my career in Phoenix. So those two, uh, even though I enjoyed myself in New York, but I think those two um, moments 
were situations that I would love to somewhat try to redo. Mm. Uh, I can safely tell you we all regret that that rule even is a rule. Um, we're talking to Amari Stoudemire. Amari, do you see similarities at all between this this new Suns team since they got Kevin Durant, just the way it's built? A- a- any similarities between that and the teams you played on? There are. Um, I think there's, there, there's similarities that you have multiple players that can create their own shot and get baskets. Uh, the team sport where you have guys that can that can really be able to oppose their will in the game of basketball, and that it's hard to scout a team that has that many threats, right? So I think that's the similarity I see now with this team opposed to the team that I played on in Phoenix was that we have so many guys that can, that, that can be a threat on the basketball court, and it's hard to scout. Amari, you know, everyone's talking about the Phoenix Suns, of course, in regard to the big three, and they have the big three, and, you know, it's, it's going to take time. It, everyone needs to be patient with the big three and patient with this team, this iteration of the Suns. Can, is, it, is, is there a situation where you can be too patient? Yeah, I think, there, I think there's a um, – I mean, there's, there's a thin line to skate on, right, because you have to want to, you know, be great right away. You want to win right away. And so you don't want to wait too long. And being patient is something that's – Obviously, a, a, a term that's been thrown around a lot, but there is a sense of patience, but then there's also a sense of urgency. So within that strategy, you have to find a way to eliminate the, eliminate the, the, the space in between by practicing hard, by, by studying film together, by working you know, with the other players and build chemistry. Like with Steve and I play, we had conversations about pick and roll and how to, how to attack this and what should we do on this particular scheme. Or Sean and I will have conversations about, okay, you guard Dirk tonight. I'm guarding, I'm guarding Dampier. You guard, you know, we had this type of conversation that would allow us to speed up the process. And I think that's what needs to happen is that when those the three guys, you know, uh, Bill, Devin, and Durant, they if they have a conversation about, okay, what do you like the ball? What do you want this? How do you want to see that? And have that conversation that could speed up the process. Amari, who was, uh, who was instrumental in, in your career and kind of getting you to where you ended up? Um, I mean, obviously I had the determination to want to be, to wanna, to wanna be the best player I can be, right? So that, that happened from an internal standpoint. But then also had, you know, great role models in Phoenix, whether it was, whether it was Kyle Fitzsimmons when I first got there, whether it was, was, was even Connie Hawkins would stop by and mm-hmm. give some positive words of advice for me. Um, whether it was Mark West, who was who was there as well as player development, having these conversations, um, you know. So I, and I had my teammates. You know, when I first got there, I had Tom Gugliotta, who was a great you know role model for me as far as what it takes to be great as a basketball player, and Penny Hardaway. Uh, and so I took all of that positive information from everyone and applied it to myself. Amari, speaking of teammates, right now, who was your favorite teammate to play with? Do you have one? Yeah, I mean, Steve is obviously my favorite teammate to play with because he was the uh, um, uh, 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 egoless point guard, right? Yeah, and anytime yeah. you have a point guard, a true point guard, it helps everyone's game. Nowadays, you don't have, you, as we see now, you don't see a lot of that, right? You see a lot of point guards that are oh. scoring a lot and, and, and that are kind of for themselves. Um, so for us, having a guy like Steve, who was a pass-first, egoless point guard, allowed all of us to, to play the game at a high level and be able to dominate other teams because teams didn't know where the ball was going to go. And, and that, that was great. So I enjoyed it. Steve was my favorite teammate for sure. 
Amari, when you look at this year's Suns team, do you think they're missing anything like a point guard or anything else? Um, I mean, you have what it takes. It's just, it's, just, it's just a matter of going out and just getting it done. I mean, you have you have you have a solid team. Everyone on that squad is is is, is pros and legit basketball players, and they have an opportunity to win the championship. It's just a matter of continuing to just work over the work over the kinks, sort out the little minor details, and just keep pushing forward. Amari, I gotta ask you this right now, man. What, what are you doing right now? Are you are you making something? It sounds like there's a blender <laughs> that is actually. Yeah, going. yeah. I just uh, I just left the gym, man. So I'm home. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta cook some lunch. So I'm cooking like grilled chicken, some green some green beans and rice. Right, I'm cooking that rice right now. Nice. Sounds good, <laughs> man. Amari, thank you so much, man. Congratulations. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Get bro. Home. Thanks a lot. That's uh, Amari Stoudemire joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Amari's one of the best. That was men. awesome, that's, right that's there, right? He was it was really cool because he was quiet when he was answering, but when you were asking the question, <laughs> multitasking, man, okay. you you got to be able to multitask to get into the uh, the Ring of Honor. Thanks for watching. I don't he, there. I didn't hear no the blender. It sounded to me like more like a blender bottle. As soon as he said that he was coming from the gym, I thought he had a you know blender bottle shake. Um, but uh, stat, um, Amari Stoudemire, yeah, man, one of, one of the sun's greats. Uh, two inductees. Will uh, one has already happened, and, and that was um, Sh- uh, Sean Marion. Has already been um, also known as the Matrix. Has already been inducted to the Ring of Honor, um, and then uh, in just a little while, uh, we'll have uh, um, Amari. So uh, very cool. Glad they had him on, and uh, he wasn't going to touch that point guard thing. I, I you know, I felt like uh, you know that they could. A lot of a lot of Suns fans, a lot of media think that. You know, if the uh, Suns can get a a a true point guard like uh, like they had with Chris Paul, that they would be um, pretty much set. But he does believe in what they have, and I th- I think he's being truthful on that. And I think he follows the Suns pretty well. Um, and I, I like that he said that. You know, he <clears throat> he's a fan of Book and of Kevin Durant. He did mention Jokic. He did mention. Um, Joel Embiid, um, and those are all fantastic players, but, um, yeah, I, you know, uh, the, the two regrets is, is the question that I was waiting on, you know, uh, to talk about because, um, it's, it was tough. I, you know, a lot of people believe the Suns had what it, what it takes or what it took to get to the finals if they can get past the Spurs and, and, um, having uh, um, Amari and um, and he he said who it was, but I and I can't my mind is fuzzy coming off the court. I, I believe it it was a uh, a I, there was a punishment. I, I don't want to say there was suspension, but it very well might have been like they were or you know they got teed up. I oh I'm pretty sure they got teed up, but it it. Them coming on the court definitely hurt the Suns' chances. I just can't remember exactly what it was. Sorry that my mind is hazy. hazy. Uh, um, but uh, uh, Boris Diaw, Boris Diaw is the other one. Um, that uh, it, you know, it did not help. 
um, and um, Robert Ori, dirty, dirty, hip checking uh, Steve Nash into the scores table, and then that's what caused those guys to clear the benches. Um, but uh, yeah, that that is the show. Um, I hope you guys uh, have uh, have enjoyed it. A- another another long one, uh, but one full of of Suns content, like I had uh, had said and had promised. Um, but uh, um, I hope hope you like how I did it. You know, kind of continuing on from last time we talked with the Lucas stuff and then kind of going over the two games first and then last night's game and and then ending with Amari I I I um I know I liked ending that way um and you know I you I could argue that I could have you know you know started with it you know there or did it in the middle and ended with the Kevin Durant thing and you know his welcome to Brooklyn and you know just kind of used that as a uh, pre-game kind of deal but um, I, I I like how I did it but if you want to comment on how I did it you can shoot me a message big sky sports talk at gmail.com shoot me an email you can shoot me a direct message uh, on the social platforms of Instagram Facebook uh, TikTok and YouTube at big sky sports talk just uh, type that in the search bar you can do the at or just do big sky sports talk and it will come right up and uh, don't forget to like follow uh, and subscribe those pages and comment and share and and, and um it, the content on there as well and um and then as it pertains to listening uh, go to spotify google apple iHeartRadio, amazon music um just to name a few and, and YouTube music as well um, places to to listen um, maybe you want to listen to uh, on a different platform than where you are already listening um, that that would be good and, and uh, tell your friends about us tell your friends your family your neighbors your enemies about the show and help get the word out um, uh, share the share the podcast episodes uh, like I said like follow comment subscribe. Ring the bell notification so that way you don't miss out. Um, Hope to talk to you soon, and uh, let's go Suns.